the one and two with Judy Lou. So last episode, I asked for your feedback on the intro. This episode, we're talking cover art. I'm so truly impressed with what this designer has done. I've got the cover art up in front of me now, so get it up because I'm going to mention a few things that she's amended. I'm pretty much going to throw myself under the bus by filling you in on what she's altered in this photo of myself. So, number one, my fingernails look. The original nails may have been on for two weeks, so there was a bit of a gap and they could have been infilled. Instead, she has infilled them herself. We were even looking at changing the colour, so she's killed it there. You would never know. Two, the earrings. They did not shine like that. She has brightened them up. She has made them more gold. She's a wizard, really. That's what I'm trying to say. Three, she even got rid of the hair at the back of my neck for a little bit. See that strand that kind of goes out at my right earring? Yeah, she got rid of that just so we could have a look. Turns out I look bald, so we've put it back just for a bit of flair. And four, she made my lips more red. What a dream. So amazing. Okay, so today we're discussing all things birthdays. I'm talking Instagram story tributes. I'm talking wish lists for your best friends and loved ones to buy you exactly what you want. I'm talking joint celebrations with a mate and a deep dive into long lunches and the etiquette around splitting the bill. Also, as I turn 25 today, which apparently is the death of your youth, um, obviously our age group get a refund for two years because of lockdown. Anyway, that's a different can of worms. Um, So as I turn 25 today, I will touch on what I've learnt this quarter century being on Earth and give a rundown of my five-year plan for the rest of my 20s. Okay, Instagram story tributes. How many stories are we posting for the birthday boy or girl on their special day? I'm going to say between one and three, max. And that depends on your relationship. For example, I'm only doing three stories back-to-back for this person if they're either my partner or they're my best mate. I might do two stories back-to-back for this person if they're, you know, pretty close with me. And then one, you know, if they're a close mate. Um, It also depends on how many photos I've got that are relevant, fun, and good to post. But that's kind of my rule of thumb. Also, just a side note in terms of people who post birthday collages, as in chuck in 20 photos on a single slide story... I feel like you can kind of get away with that, but then I also feel like there are pros and cons with doing that. It does feel kind of messy. Um, Like, don't get me wrong, I've done like a two or three pick collage here and there just using Instagram's feature. But like, I wouldn't try and cram any more on that, if you get what I'm saying. Okay, then on the flip side, is it essential for the birthday boy or girl to repost every story they've been tagged in? And wished a happy birthday or is it just kind of flexing like how many friends they've got if they do go ahead and repost every single story of them so for me there are probably three rules that come into play when I'm tossing up what I'm reposting onto my own story what I'll just let be on their story one if I love the pic whether it's how I look maybe the outfit I'm wearing the memories that it brings back or the location That's the first and foremost reason. Number two, I don't think this has ever happened to me, but the clout. So, for example, 
Beyonce is posting a photo of my toe and wishing her fellow Virgo happy birthday. I'm obviously going to repost that. Obvious. And my third do and don't kind of mentality when I'm reposting, I only do maximum one repost per friend. So you say my best mate has put up five brilliant photos that are even better. They shit on everyone else's. I'll still only post one of hers. I don't know what the logic is there. I think maybe it's about airtime. So I'd only take one from her and then I'd take like the shitty photo mum's put up just to kind of give everyone that equality. Okay, moving on. Joint birthdays. Are we happy to join our birthday celebrations with a close friend? Or do we prefer to keep the celebration separate? From personal experience, my best friend and I are 10 days apart. I'm today, she's next Sunday. And I love sharing my birthday celebrations with her. I think it makes the planning, the lead up and the day so much more fun. From, you know, booking our hair and makeup together to coordinating matching outfits and organizing the table setting at the lunch. We're just constantly hyping each other up and it just makes it so much better. And we've also got the same group of friends from school. So combining our celebration instead of having like two long lunches within the one week, I think it helps them when it comes to like time and money. So that's another win too. No hate to people who celebrate this solo. I used to do that before we combined. But if you do have a good friend whose birthday is close to yours, I would recommend joining for one year. Just for shits and giggles, you might love it. Actually, their birthday doesn't even have to be close to yours. My sister-in-law said that when she was little, her birthdays are in the winter. So she would join her birthday with her best friend in spring. So, you know, the opportunities, they're endless. Okay, how do we feel about the wish list? Is giving your close friends and family a carefully devised present wish list rude or just organized? So I'm talking about a note. You've written it up in your phone. You've sent it around to your family members, your close friends and your partner. That is an itemized list of what you want, where to get it from, what size or color, etc., and the price. Is this ideal or should the birthday boy or girl just get what they're given and enjoy the surprises? Look, I'm going to be fully transparent and I'm so sorry to all my girlfriends from school who are listening because my best friend and I, the one I spoke about prior, wrote up our wish list and swapped them about a month ago so that when the time came and the discussion started about what we were both going to be given, we could intervene and literally just buy straight from the list. And it's so nice when our friends in the chat were giving suggestions for other things, but if they strayed away from the list, we just had to kind of rein it back in. Um, so yeah, that's the honest truth. And for those that are wondering, well, how did you make sure not to buy something that a family might have already purchased or a friend or a partner? We both put headings to categorize what presents would come from what parties. For example, mum and dad would give us this, our partner, maybe these, the girls choose from this. So in summary, for me, I think this is a winning strategy as there's lesser waste of unwanted gifts it's more efficient for all parties and it's actually doing the buyers a favor. There is no room for questions or confusion. Okay, 
you best believe it's time to talk long lunches. This part of today's episode has been my most anticipated. Um, so yeah, let's dive into the etiquette at a long lunch in terms of splitting the bill. First and foremost, this is just my perspective, advice. This is not mandatory. You can do whatever you want to do at the end of the day. I'm just explaining it from how I've seen it, how I've experienced, how I've seen it go down when it comes to splitting the bill at the end of a long lunch. So there are many do's and don'ts when it comes to this practice. Um, In an ideal world, for me, everyone would just split down the middle every time, which is what I strive to do. And if I was to become prime minister one day, I would legalize this. This would help not only the restaurant staff, it would help the host, and it would help all the lunch attendees. According to Open Table Research in Australia, the most frustrating part of splitting a bill when dining out are the friends that are fussy about what they did or did not eat. Can we just clear something up? If everyone has committed to, let's just say, the $60 banquet, that is the food bill, regardless of how much you ate, If yours had a dietary requirement, you're vegan, you're paleo, whatever it may be, everyone is paying the $60 for their banquet, full stop. Next, for the people who attend the lunch purely to eat, you know, that might be due to pregnancy, medication, you're driving home, so they are not drinking. I advise you guys to pay for your food once the banquet has finished, so that way you are officially out of the total bill as you have stopped consuming from that restaurant, you have done. You either talk to the waiter on the side, you go up and you just take it out of the bill. I mean, personally, I would probably then leave after the banquet stopped and the food service is finished because once the drinks start flowing, like I wouldn't have the willpower. That's just the perspective of an alcoholic. So, I mean, if you can stay and just watch people get messy while you're sober, congrats, that's actually amazing and you must have the patience of the Dalai Lama. However, if you do cave and you have a drink or two, you're back in the ring, so you may as well just jump on board. Now, for the majority of you, if you intend on both eating and drinking, which is amazing and ideal, you're splitting that final bill evenly. Pretty much, if you agree to sit at the table, you're in for the ride. There's nothing worse than when you get to the end of a long lunch, everyone's happy, jolly, had such a fun time. Someone breaks the mood instantly by bringing up maybe a $5 indifference and everyone's heard it. Some people ignore it. Some people confront them on the spot by saying like, are you joking? And some bitch about it later. So my advice, just avoid being that person at all costs. Also read the room. Like if you're just on the $5 beers and everyone's smashing the cocktails, jump on the cocktail train with them because you're going to end up paying for them anyway. But on the other hand, don't be a dick about it. If everyone's agreed to be getting, you know, the 5 to $10 happy hour spirits or beers, whatever it may be, don't you go be getting a 100 of the most expensive cocktails back to back for yourself. So I think it's all just about reading the room. So the only exceptions I've really seen here and there is, for example, a couple want to have a $1,000 bottle of wine to share at lunch together while in the group they've paid for it separately so that that thousand dollars isn't chucked on the total bill. I've also seen a situation where someone wants to buy the whole table shots 
So they either go up and they pay for it separately, or once it's added to the total bill, they'll just chuck in the extra 80 bucks or whatever it may be to cover those shots. Also, if someone comes to the table late, and I'm talking like last 20 minutes, they haven't eaten anything, they've had one or two drinks, I'm not going to bother putting them in the total bill split. Like that's two or three bucks for everyone. Like it's less hassle to just cut them out totally for one or two drinks. Also, there's always, and God bless, there's always that one person in the group that is the designated money sorter at the end of your lunch. So shout out to them for being able to sort out that shit while everyone else is off their face. Okay, I'm just going to cut it there. I'm not going to say any more, any less. I think I've made it pretty straightforward. Agree if you agree, disagree if you disagree, I don't mind. As I said at the start, it's not this way or the highway. You do what you like. What I do also love is a name placement. Not just the aesthetic of having your name on the table, but the actual functionality behind it when it comes to a big lunch full of people. I love the organization. I think it's there. I think the host has put in the effort behind the lunch and, you know, given an allocated place to everyone. So then I know that's my seat. I can go straight there. There's no, oh, I want to sit here or I want to sit between you two or I want to sit. No, like it's already picked for you, love. And that's it. Avoiding all chaos. It just soothes me. Okay, I'm just going to do a side note in terms of birthday, birth week, birth month. What is acceptable these days? For me, I think a birth week is acceptable. So this would encompass three functions. So you've got your romantic, intimate dinner with either your partner, your best mate, whatever it may be. You've got a long lunch with your group of friends. And then maybe you've got a Sunday barbecue with the family. I think that's pretty perfect. I think you could obviously amp it up for the milestones. You know, maybe chuck in a holiday or a weekend away or bougie a presence. But I think that's the bones of it. Okay, I'm 25 today. I'm just going to quickly touch on things I've learned and my five-year plan. One, friends. In terms of best mates, quality definitely over quantity. Two, the importance of health in terms of both mental and physical. I think up until maybe 23, 24, like I just didn't get it as much as I get it now. That's just what I'm going to say. Three, I am most happiest when I do have a really good work-life balance. So that's what I'm going to try to continue. And this isn't what I've learned. This is just what's happened all of a sudden. I can't stand birds. They wake me up at ungodly hours, like 9.30 in the morning. They're waking me up. Like the nerve is ridiculous. Um, one kookaburra actually attacked me for my wrap. It was a beautiful wrap from Loaf in Cronulla. So obviously it was precious to me. I nearly freaking cried. Okay. My five-year plan I want to continue being this happy in terms of my friendships, relationships, and attempt to keep this level with whatever new career I venture on next. Two, I want to be healthy. Um, I think these past 12 months, as I said, was the unhealthiest physically because of the medication I was putting in my body and mentally that I've ever been. Three, I mean, I kind of want to buy a property. I know that's so cliche, but... Whether it's to live in or just a pure investment, to have an asset under my belt by 30 would be really nice. Um, maybe I'll get into running. I mean, I probably won't because my feet are cooked. 
I also might want to move out of the Sutherland Shire for a period, um, whether that be into the city or regional, interstate, etc. Whatever it may be, I think it's nice to change up where you live to experience different lifestyles, meet new people and have a new local. So that's the five-year plan. If it works out, it works out. Check back in at 30 and I'll let you know. All right, well, that's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening this far. Um, I'm very appreciative for all of my few listeners. You know what I said earlier? Quality of listeners over quantity. And I think that's what I've got. So join me next time. I have literally just made the decision that episode three will be all about psychics. So if you're a believer or it's all BS to you and they're full of crap, come have a listen because these stories I will tell you that are actually from my family will give you literal goosebumps. Plus, I'll tell you about the readings that I've been to, you know, telling you what's come to fruition, how to find a good psychic or clairvoyant, how much they usually cost, just all that jazz. Again, everyone, thanks so much for joining me and celebrating with me today. Any questions or comments, just drop by the one and two with Judy Lou's Instagram and shoot me a message. If you could leave me a review, good, bad or ugly, that would be very much appreciated. Love you, leave you and enjoy the outro. The one and two with Judy Lou.